Hello and welcome to Publish Me, a monthly podcast from AS21 Publishing, exploring the publishing process of the fantasy epic, The Will of the Magi. I'm your host, Keith F. Shelvin, publisher and chief creative of AS21 Publishing, and joining me as always is... Hello everyone, this is Paul Russell, the author of The Will of the Magi. I hope everyone is doing well, and welcome again. Just a quick heads up. This past month has been quite productive for me, although not entirely with this one novel. I'm around 200,000, a little bit past 200,000 right now. Hold on, Paul. You're getting ahead of yourself. i got to do the actual intro and then get back to you for the update. Uh, I like going fast. Sorry. Yes, yes. You're getting ahead of yourself. It's okay. <laughs> you don't want to give away too much just yet. You don't right. want, it, it hasn't even been a minute yet. People are going to turn off the podcast. They're not going to listen. Okay, I heard the update. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> so now it is the February 2016 edition of the podcast. We have now been doing this a full year, people. One year! One year! Woo! Where are the explosions? Oh, uh, we don't have that in the budget. Sorry. Darn. Uh, we thought about doing explosions, but yeah. it's just, it's messy. And plus, we're recording this after 10 p.m. on a Friday night. It's a bit noisy. Plus, it's very cold. And explosions and cold, hmm, don't mix. Explosions make things burn. That makes warmth. Yes, but it's cold to start. And have Uh, you ever tried to light a fuse that's frozen? Yes, actually. (laughs) Okay. So you know. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. I do. I do. All right. So this is Chapter 11, the... 13th edition of our podcast, Chapter 11, and today we'll be discussing plot twists. Of course, now it's February 2016. Last month, Paul, you said you were going to really buckle down and try to get your writing done. Now, the thing is, do you have a plot twist to throw our way and the update for this? Yes, I do. (sighs) I do. It's a wonderful thing. Okay. I, you know, as I mentioned briefly, I'm around just over 200,000 right now. Woohoo! 200,000 words. <laughs> that is definitely an epic. <laughs> I have a feeling people are going to be yelling at me when they see this thing and how big it is. You know, they, I might get hurt. Yeah. Uh, we'll see what happens anyway. Yeah. My plot twist. I, I think this is something I may have mentioned in an earlier podcast. I can't remember because my memory is just that poor. Well, it's but, not like you can go back and listen to what you said on previous months. I could, but I mean, you know, I can't do that as we're recording this oh, one. True, that's true. Yeah, you because know, I don't. We don't have that kind of time to have me listen to several hours worth of podcasts. Yeah. But anyway, my main character has finally met in full reality the head of the thieves' guild grouping, however you want to call it. At this point, he had been mostly dealing with her champion, her double, her stand-in, well, who happens to be a massive man instead of a dainty little woman. But, you know, who knows? Uh, but that's my main entertaining plot twist I've been writing with lately and really, really enjoying. See, I wasn't expecting you to actually give a plot twist away in your book. I thought you you're going to plot twist about the fact that you actually are taking a break from writing your book this week. I was getting to that, but, you know, I I want to give the people something. Okay. You know, because now the main twist of my month, everyone, apart from doing so much work on my novel, is that I've actually, the past week, I actually haven't touched my novel. (gasps) Shocker. Because I am in a uh, short story challenge. I am in the New York City Midnight Short Story Annual Challenge, or just so I can say it correctly, the New York City Midnight 10th Annual Short Story Challenge. Woo-hoo! I am in the first round of it. There are approximately 60 different heats going on right now, each heat holding approximately 30 to 50 Participants from all around the world. Each of these heats contains a different genre, a different subject, and a different character that they have that the people in that heat have to write about. Now, if I was a lucky man, I would have gotten something to write about fantasy or science fiction. If I was unlucky, I would have gotten a romance. I was neither of these things. I got a mystery genre I had to write about, which I actually have some skill and ability in, so that's quite nice. So I had to write a short story concerning a cult 
as the main subject of the story, mm-hmm. and including the uh, predominant character of a barista in a mystery story. So, for two and a half thousand, I think I did pretty well. I've had several people edit, and I think the plot twists I have in the story as to who falls where and what goes on in the story are quite entertaining. I've also gotten a couple really positive reviews as to how I actually run the cult, since most people, when you think cult, you think, you know, if you're a fantasy person, you might think Conan the Barbarian and the Snake Cult. If you're a history person, you might think the Nazis, If you, or you might think Jim Jones. Mm-hmm. You know, these are all dominant cult-like activities, and I did not go those evil cult routes. I went in an entirely different direction. And just so everyone knows, I am not targeting Starbucks with the cult-like references in terms of using my barista. (laughs) I am not going to target a multi-billion dollar corporate conglomerate because they'll kill me. So you're going after Juan Valdez then? (laughs) (laughs) Don't ruin it. So my story, you know, at time of the recording, my story is due in 24 hours to be submitted. And then I'll not hear back for a while, and then we'll see if I can get into the second round, and then the third round, and then hopefully I can win this thing, and whatever the prize is, I actually can't remember what the prize is for this contest. Oh, that's that's not good. Well, I think it's money, but, you know, yeah. that's always oh. nice. Yeah. That's what's going on with my life right okay. now. Okay. Uh, one thing I, I know going through, during my own writing process, obviously I did something that was much, much shorter than what you're working on. It does help every once in a while to put it down and work on something else. Yeah. Merely because your mind can get working on things and you get thinking and imagining things that don't fit the story you're writing. Yep. So it's actually a good thing that you didn't get fantasy, actually. Yeah, this is true. Because then you can go and actually put in time and say, I can actually diverge from what I have been so focused on for so long and actually write something that pretty much relieving the stress of your mind of you know, because you're going to get ideas and that's, that's a common problem for people that just start want to just start writing is they get so many ideas that it can't possibly all work in the book they're writing and they get bogged down by their own creative imagination yeah that happens to me a lot <laughs> yeah figured <laughs> <laughs> Anyone who ever gets a chance, who's listening to this, who gets a chance to meet me in person, you will see my notebooks, and I carry many of them around with me, because I'm always writing something. So, yeah. So now, following up on where we are, we are, of course, this is the February 2016 edition, Chapter 11 of the 13th episode. I think since we last checked, we are currently at, still at 116 likes on Facebook, so... You know, check that out. Come on, like us, share us, do what you want to do. As we're recording this, it is currently the last week of January. We will be putting this out, of course, on a regular February 7th. The day before this comes out, I will be visiting Virginia Comic Con. They're doing a couple Comic Cons this year in Richmond. And we'll be at the first one this February 6th at the Richmond Raceway in Old, the old Dominion building. I'll be there all day with AS21. We'll have a table. Joining me was, for those now listening in the present tense, you know, now I'll talk in the past, James D. King, author of the sci-fi novella High First Contact. Spending my time there, not only talking about that sci-fi novella, but also the fantasy novella, The Magnus and the Maiden, which we talked about back when uh, author Phil Sipkov and illustrator Rebecca Head came on the show. It's actually our first guest ever on this podcast. Also, I'm promoting this podcast. So, for those of you, hopefully you'll have a lot of people listening who came out to Virginia Comic Con and talked to me or talked to Mr. King and had a good time. And also, since we're talking about plot twists, feedback from people at the Comic Con on what their favorite plot twists are in books, movies, comic books, anything. Because although most people know plot twists in movies, a lot of people know plot twists in books, Comic books, obviously, are full of plot twists all the time. Yeah, absolutely. That'll be a little bit later in the show. Mm -hmm. But I'm sure we've had a lovely time for those that, for all you listening, and and look forward, there will be another one 
later in the year and we may be going back again depending on how well this one goes and of course we got a lot of other events we'll be going to including the virginia festival of the book in charlottesville in march the independent literature festival in frostburg maryland in october gaithersburg book festival in may hey the kensington international day of the book in april we we're busy you know we're out there we're busy Sounds good these are good things for all of us. Absolutely. Let's see where we stand on Twitter. Okay, as of current, we are sitting at 38 followers. Okay. Our most recent followers being Megan Lacey at No Shame Educator. And Megan actually is also on our email list. So every time a new episode comes out, she gets an email. And also we email out any news, such as whether we knew for certain that we were going to be at Virginia ComCon, I sent out an email to everyone on that email list. Let's see. Music Promotion World at Publicist Music. Sonia Helbig at Sonia Helbig. My Doctor Care Incorporated at My Doctor Care Incorporated. <laughs> I know one of those people, so. <laughs> and this one's in Cyrillic. Cyrillic? Uh, Kalenko at Kalenko19792. So, huh. someone in Russia with no information and Oh, okay. It's a bot. <laughs> it's okay. Bots, bots are fun. Bots can be fun. Oh, if they share our stuff and get us more people, absolutely. We like bots. Oh, yeah. Just having a follower. <laughs> <laughs> just to know we're being followed. Nice. Yep. Since we last talked, actually just before the last episode aired, AS21 launched another podcast hosted by me, a weekly podcast called Literally This Week. And we are about four episodes through now, and it's just a weekly roundup of news uh, from the, the literary world, from libraries, bookstores, publishers, copyright issues, books, and everything. So check that out. It comes out weekly, hosted by Podomatic, available on iTunes and SoundCloud, literally this week. And we should be launching a new podcast soon as well, so look out for details on that. Now, all of this is part of the now revamped AS21 Podcasting Network. We even have a, a musical jingle. and You may start hearing ads for the Podcasting Network at the beginning and end of each of our shows now. Now that we're expanding, adding more series, and uh, just really expanding the different offerings that we have out there. So look out for that, and then we'll have new audio podcasts, as well as we're looking at adding a couple video podcasts as well. So really stretching the limits of what we can do in the media world using th using sources like iTunes and YouTube and things like that. And speaking of YouTube, do remember to check out not only can you listen to this podcast on iTunes and listen to it at media.as21.com, on Stitcher Radio and our host at Podomatic, as21.podomatic.com. But we also do have our own YouTube channel, youtube.com slash user slash publish me. And each episode gets posted usually the same day that it gets posted online. And the added bonus is it's a little bit more visual. Not much. You don't see the video as recording, but you do see our pictures and the pictures of our guests and any other fun stuff we want to put up there. So check that out. Subscribe there. And, you know, every time an episode comes up, find it there. Eventually, we'll move in the direction of having closed captioning on that so that people who are hearing impaired will be able to follow along on this otherwise audio-only podcast. That'll definitely help a lot of people out. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. All right, so I think that covers all the housekeeping stuff. I believe it does. All right. Okay, so now we're going to get into talking about plot twists. Now, just so you know, we will not be giving away any plot twists for... The will of the Magi, except for those that Paul has already given away. Right. I won't give away any more today. No more today. And you know what, Paul? I I was going to wait until after the show. I just can't do this. Paul, this isn't working out. Oh, yeah? We're, we we got to stop this. You got to stop everything? Okay. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm ripping up your deal. You're done. Uh, this podcast is over. We're, we're finished. Uh, not again. <laughs> Plot twist! Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I want to see if there are any reactions, see if anyone actually believed that. 
I, uh, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, judging by some of the rules of plot twists, I, there were kind of details there that that could happen. Well, absolutely. But, well, I mean, right. if we're following certain plot twists, yes, that's actually exactly what would happen. If yes. we were following a George R. R. Martin plot twist, one of us would have used someone else to kill the other. I would never do that to you, Paul. And I would never do that to you either, Key. Where's my crossbow? No, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Don't so. use the bathroom ever again. Oh man. <laughs> you saying the goblins through the toilet again? Those scare my children. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so a plot twist is a radical change in the expected direction or outcome of the plot of a novel, film, television series, comic, video game, or other work of narrative. And plus, real life from time to time. Right. Absolutely. Examples of plot twists. Now, the kind of the mechanics of it, it's usually more of a twist ending. You know, a surprise ending. So, there's the agnorisis or discovery is a protagonist's sudden recognition of their own or another character's true identity or nature. A flashback or analepsis is a sudden, vivid reversion to a past event. An unreliable narrator, where the narrator twists the ending by revealing, almost always at the end of the narrative, that the narrator has manipulated or fabricated the preceding story, thus forcing the reader to question their prior assumptions about the text. Parapetia is a sudden reversal of the protagonist's fortune, whether for good or ill, that emerges naturally from the character's circumstances. I think I've used that a bit in Polk soliloquy. Oh, yeah. And a little bit in Life's Penance. Of course, the classic one, the deus ex machina, is a Latin term meaning God out of the machine, and it refers to an unexpected, artificial, or improbable character, device, or event introduced suddenly in a work of fiction to resolve a situation or entangle a plot, also known as Star Trek. <laughs> Absolutely. Then there's poetic justice, a literary device in which virtue is ultimately rewarded or vice punished in such a way that the reward or punishment has a logical connection to the deed. Irony, and such, ironic twist. Then there's Chekhov's gun. Chekhov's gun refers to a seemingly minor character or plot element introduced early in the narrative that suddenly acquires great importance to the narrative. Then there's the red herring, a false clue intended to lead investigators toward an incorrect solution which you see on every single police drama on TV. Yep, every single one. Then there's In Medias Res, Latin for Into the Middle Things, a literary technique in which narrative proceeds from the middle of the story rather than its beginning. Nonlinear narrative. A nonlinear narrative works by revealing plot and character in a non-chronological order. That's more of your Quentin Tarantino Pulp Fiction sort of plot twist. Then reverse chronology works by revealing the plot in reverse order, from final to initial event. So that's your memento. Now, the Writer's Digest gives us four ways to write a kidder plot twist. So first, you've got to eliminate the obvious. When coming up with the climax to your story, discard every possible solution you could think of for your protagonist to succeed. Then think of some more and discard those too. Throw everything out the window! Yes, you got, because there has to be, really, at the end, only one possible solution. And you don't want their, you don't want people walking away go, well, why didn't they do this? Or why didn't this happen? Or what that? Because then it's no longer a plot twist. Then you have plot holes. Right. So, you don't want plot holes. Okay, redirect suspicion. When you work on your narrative, constantly ask yourself what readers are expecting and hoping for at this moment in the story. Number three, avoid gimmicks. Readers want their emotional investment to pay off. The twist should never occur in a way that makes them feel tricked, deceived, or insulted. Great twists always deepen, never cheapen, readers' investment in the story. Yeah, that one is the Tim Burton Planet of the Apes movie. Because <laughs> the plot twist at the end of Pierre Roulet's original book is fantastic. It's perfect. Everything makes sense. You get to the movies with Charlton Heston, and they all make sense. You get to Tim Burton's 
abomination. And it's wrong, wrong, wrong. It's all wrong. Nothing is right. It makes no sense how that could have happened. So avoid gimmicks. Then, number four, write toward your reader's reaction. The way you want your readers to respond will determine the way you set up your twist. Three different types of twists all result in different reactions by readers. One, no way. Two, huh, nice. And three, oh yeah. Oh, it might be one. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's probably <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah. We are not the Kool-Aid guy. Yes. Yeah, so no way is leading readers into certainty. How nice lead readers into uncertainty. And oh, yeah, you want to emphasize the cleverness with which the main character gets out of the seemingly impossible to escape from climax. Okay, so that's the four ways to write. Now, I, I do have a list here from Harper's Bazaar of the 25 best movie plot twists. But let's, since this is a literary podcast, maybe we should actually talk about great literary plot twists first. Which are much more enjoyable, in my opinion. Oh, absolutely, because you're much more invested in it. Absolutely. You know, you do not invest an hour or two of your time in the plot twist. You invest four or five hours in the plot twist. Or four or five days, right. depending on... What's your schedule like? Right. So, of course, the first accepted known version of a plot twist, or at least the best known one, is from Arabian Nights and the tale The Three Apples. Mm. Now, of course, this is a case of you have a complex chain of events, starting with a fisherman discovering a locked chest, and then he opens the chest to find a dead body found inside. And there's your first twist. Because the chest is broken open, and how did that... Then, of course, the search for who this person was, who the murderer was, and then a series of twists upon twists lead to the whole multiple focus of that story. Another classical literary twist, the story of Oedipus Rex, mm -hmm. where you have a young boy who is prophesied the son of a, of a king, is prophesied that one day he will kill his father and marry his mother. So he is sent away, he is banished, exiled from the kingdom, never to return. Then, through just the passage of time and military defeat and everything, okay, so Oedipus is prophesied that he would kill his father. He would kill his father, Laius. Laius, yes. He would marry his yeah. mother, Jocasta. And then have... So so while traveling, he came to the crossroads where Laius was killed, encountered a carriage which attempted to drive him off the road. An argument ensued, and Oedipus killed the travelers, including a man who matches Jocaster's description of Laius. Oedipus has hope, however, because the story is that Laius was murdered by several robbers. The shepherd confirms that Laius was attacked by many men, that Oedipus is in the clear. A man arrives from Corinth with the message that Oedipus' father has died. Oedipus, to the surprise of the messenger, is made ecstatic by the news, for it proves one half of the prophecy false. He killed the man in this group, didn't know that it was his father, yep. almost entirely on chance, and that traveling on, he does end up, by purely by, by chance, marrying his mother. So, in fact, actually sending him away and trying to keep the prophecy from happening ended up making it happen. Right. So the action in, to try to stop the thing made it happen anyway, so... Classic discovery plot twist. And this, of course, the same as with the three apples. Yep. The unreliable narrator. This could be used in, a, of course, the, the film The Usual Suspects is probably the best example of an unreliable narrator. But that one is best employed by the Agatha Christie novel The Murder of Roger Ackroyd. Mm -hmm. Novel that generated much controversy due to critics' contention that it was unfair to trick the reader in such a manipulative manner. No, it's absolutely fair. And then, of course, another example of that is Fight Club. Oh, yes. By, by Chuck Palahniuk. And Gene Wolfe's novel, Book of the New Sun. Yep. Ian Pierce, An Instant of the Finger Post. And The Hitchhiker from More Horowitz Horror by Anthony Horowitz. Mm -hmm. So let's see where else. All right, so uh, The Perpetea, where the protagonist's fortune is sunny, good, good or ill. Aeclius, the Oresteia, the Isca uh, that's, 
that's the trilogy of Greek tragedies concerning the end of the curse on the house of Atreus. That's the that's the dealing with contrast between revenge and justice, as well as the translation from personal vendetta to organized litigation. Mm -hmm. All right, I, I've been talking a lot here, Paul. <laughs> what? Sorry. All good. You know, being the, the since I read mostly you know the wonderful fantasies and science fiction stuff, certain plot twists I would say would be uh, a good one. Would be you know the classic one in uh, the Lord of the Rings mm -hmm. with Gandalf falling to the Balrog. I would say that would be a good plot twist. Well, there's actually several plot twists there because Whippers are Strider, not knowing that he actually is the would-be king. <laughs> we have that one. We have the... Saruman turning turning out to be yes. evil. That's always a really big one. Mm -hmm. I would say, you know, a good one would be, I guess, the corruption of Boromir. Right. It would be a good plot twist there for Lord of the Rings fans. Well, another unexpected corruption plot twist. I just finished, I was reading Lion, Witch, in the Wardrobe to my daughters. Mm. The Corruption of Edmund by the White Witch. Yes. And then, of course, the resulting plot twist of he was to be sacrificed for his treachery. Yes. And Oslin taking his place. And then in Oslin being killed on the stone table actually rustled up the deeper, deep magic. Mm -hmm. And the stone table was fractured and Oslin rises from his death. Yes. But stronger than before. Yes. They had the technology. They could rebuild him. They could make him better. Stronger. Faster. faster. <laughs> yes, I love those ones. Some other good ones I know of, some less well-known authors. Gail Z. Martin. Not to be confused with George R. R. Martin. Uh, no relation there. She has written a number of excellent series, uh, but I am a personal fan of her Necromancer series. Mm -hmm. And she has some excellent plot twists there in people being captured, how people escape. She has one point where in the first or second book in the series, I can't remember, I think it's the first one, where the would-be king is a, they, her term for them is a summoner, and he is the lord of the living, dead, and undead. Mm -hmm. And basically the goal, his goal is, um, is to bring justice and act as a judge on Earth for all three groups. And he comes across, and he, he's been kidnapped, and he's about to go get executed and tortured. And he comes, they come into a forest that's been possessed, I would be the best term for it, by some murder, by the ghosts of a bunch of murdered folks. And then he unleashes those ghosts upon his captors. And, you know, Subsequently sets the ghosts free, you know, and lets them go on to the next world, which I was, which I found to be an excellent plot twist. Le another less well-known author, authoress, I should say, would be uh, K.T. Pinto, who has written two series I enjoy reading: uh, the Blood of Bacchus series and then the her mutant series. I can't remember the exact name off the top of my head right now, but both in both of those, uh, the Blood of Bacchus se series, the plot twist of all of the Greek gods, none of them actually being gods, but they're all actually vampires, was fascinating to me. Right. And then her, in her mutant series, the mutant series starts off by giving you the juxtaposition that people in Staten Island are being mutated by the toxins in the Staten Island dump, but then other people show up mutated for other reasons. And then just the subsequent, you know, who gets kidnapped when just amuses me. It's much more of a comedy series and a lighthearted thing. Than everything else, but it's also quite enjoyable. Well, I was just thinking, uh, you have the Dan, any of the Dan Brown books. Oh, he yeah. likes using red herrings. Oh, the Dan Brown books are fantastic for that. All of them. They're yeah. Awesome. Well, you had in the Da Vinci Code, you're watching for the misdeeds of Bishop Arangarosa. Mm -hmm. You know, drawing your attention away from the true bad guy. Yep. And you also have Angels and Demons, uh, the plot to kill. You you believe that the plot to kill the Pope was done by the head of security when it was in fact done by oh, what was the character's name? Uh, oh no, it, you were made to believe it was the Illuminati. Right. In fact, it was a whole complicated thing. Right. Done by uh, the second. Uh, 
Oh, another one I know of. I you know I recently reread the entire Legends Legend of Drists, okay. R.A. Salvatore. Okay. Very cool. well known uh, fantasy author for those of you who have no idea what they're talking about. At the very end, he recently recently redid a 25th anniversary edition of his works, and I was reading those through those stories again. And at the very end of one of the books, he's had this uh, Drists is a drow or a dark elf who the only one of his kind who's a good person. And he's been attacked by this uh, light elf, service elf, high elf, who believes that there are no good drow. And you tur- it turns out that it's a, that it is a girl elf who's grown up, who he had saved some seven or eight decades before mm-hmm. uh, during a raid by his people against her people. So that was an excellent plot twist to wrap up there. Now, of course, we keep, we're talking, obviously focusing on books and we're talking a little bit about movies as well. But remember that plot twists actually do happen in real life too. Mm-hmm. Comes to mind probably the best series of plot twists in real life, real life, World War II. <laughs> Absolutely. World War One. Well, no, no, World War One was big, but World War Two was just plot twist after plot twist. Like really on an insane level. This is true. World War One. Yes, you had Gavril Princip give up on trying to kill Archduke Franz Ferdinand, and he goes to have a sandwich because he's done. His four buddies from the Black Hand all have tried and failed, mm-hmm. so he's given up. Sophia and Ferdinand and are out somewhere in the city, so he walks into this bar to have a sandwich, and it just so happens that the car pulls up outside with the Archduke and, and Sophia. And he just walks out and shoots them. I... Fun fact for everyone. If you go to that city, to that street... Sarajevo. Sarajevo. You go to that cafe. It is still there today. His footprints are immortalized in bronze. Oh. The steps that he took out of that cafe and where he stood and fired the gun, that's a monument to him for the Serbian people. Mm-hmm. We have statues of George Washington. They have his footsteps immortalized there. We have the inscription on the steps of the Lincoln Memorial for where the I Have a Dream speech was. They right. have footsteps for a assassin. Right. Well, remember, to the yeah. Hungarians and Austrians, he is an assassin. To the Serbians, he was their version of George Washington. Yeah, he was their savior in a way, yeah. Right, remember the phrase... One man's terrorist is another man's freedom fighter. You know, that's, that was, that was the epitome of that man. But you were mentioning World War II there. The plot twists on the Eastern Front alone are hilarious. Oh, yeah. The, the Russians should not have won at all. The Russians yeah. should have been run over. And also, if anyone thinks that the U.S. would have won that war without the Russians, you are smoking crack and you need to stop. Yeah. The the Germans threw an army so large at the Russians that if that army had gone against the British, the British would not, would have been wiped off the map. Well, plus this, the contemporary military analysis of where Germany was at the time that they were pressing for the Sudetenland shows that they were no way ready to fight a war with France and England. And the Prime Minister of the UK just gives them the Sudetenland without even talking to the Czechs. Mm-hmm. They're not even talking to the Czechs. Just gives them the Sudetenland. Here, let's not have war. When looking back at where they were militarily, Hitler's own generals were saying, what are you doing? Don't do this now. So there's the plot twist there of the unexpected. Then, of course, there's making the treaty with Russia, then breaking the treaty with Russia. Never attack Russia. Never do this. Yes. Only Uh, one group of people has successfully attacked Russia. Only one. Russians. No, the Mongols. Oh, true. The Mongolians were the only people who successfully invaded Russia, and they did it in the winter. Because <laughs> wow. Mongolian winter was worse than the Russian winter. <laughs> and also, the Russian winter turned all the lakes, streams, and swamps into highways. Yeah. That's the only reason why it worked. But then you look, attack on Pearl Harbor. Uh-huh. It was, all the signs were there. We knew it was going to happen, but the exact time it happened, like, there's the story about, you know, the cable to the commander at Pearl Harbor expected an attack imminently, and he got that as he was surveying the damage of a Japanese attack. Uh, yeah. But just the, the plot twist there of 
none of the carrier the aircraft carriers were there. Yeah, none of our they were stuff. just they were luckily were sent out to Midway. Then, of course, how we ended the war. <laughs> yes. Dropping the atomic bombs. Nobody saw that coming. No! Talk about a two-sex machine. <laughs> oh, God, yes. Oh, God, yeah. And the fact that we, we did that, because we were planning on an invasion of Japan, and, mm. you know, it didn't happen. Uh, we didn't need to. Yeah. Although I think I have to say, one of my favorite plot twists of the Second World War Mm -hmm. I, I'm always going to be one who harps about the Russians because I've researched the Russians mm -hmm. and no matter what anyone says, the Russians, the Russians were the winners of that war because of all oh, the stuff they put into it. Um, the Russians, oh, the iron curtain, everything they took over. In oh yeah. Eastern Europe. But the, the thing that Stalin did when he had women join the military as soldiers the, that made the Germans, the Germans were terrified because the already colossal size mm -hmm. of the Russian military just increased by 40, 45, 50%. Right. Because all of a sudden you have these women fighters and in any account you read or you study about the women, the women were the more terrifying fighters. <laughs> All right, we're we're gonna get lost in the weeds of Russia, or at least lost lost to the Russian winter. Yes, we are. It's no stop. good for anyone. I'll stop. <laughs> Although, is that there is a lot of snow here? It's looking like Russia right now. <laughs> yes, indeed. Okay, so just let's bring it back. Sure. So now, yeah. just we talked about books, we talked about real life. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about movies because more more than likely, everyone knows plot twists in movies. I remember when I first, when I saw The Sixth Sense in the movie theater, mm -hmm. I knew nothing about this movie. I didn't see a trailer. I didn't see ads for it. What happened was I was working a summer camp, and we would go out once a week, go to the movies. And at that point, we had seen everything that had come out. In some cases, we saw it twice. <laughs> and so I'm out with some of my uh, coworkers, and, and we're like, Sixth Sense, what is that? Oh, it stars Bruce Willis. You know, Bruce Willis movies with numbers in the title are pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> so we went and saw it. We we had the crap scared out of us mm -hmm. at the end of that movie. Uh, we had to drive back to camp in the dark. And the, it was just after that twist and just everything about how spooky that movie was, just the basics, and then add, add the plot twist on top of it. For me, movie twist, that was the one that really, the first one that really blew my mind. I had heard about the twist in Citizen Kane long before I saw Citizen Kane. Mm -hmm. And never mind the fact that that's technically a plot hole, because who is in the room when he whispers Rosebud? No one actually hears him say it. Mm. But, <gasps> So looking at Harper's Bazaar, it gives us Planet of the Apes, of course, but that was the great twist in the book. Right. Psycho. Yes. Yes. Oh, by the way, one thing. We are talking about movies. It is February 2016. We're going to not talk about some this recent Star Wars movie, just out of common courtesy. Although Paul has now seen it, we're going to just shy away from that one here. Well, it's it's too easy. Yeah. Anyway, plus we got other movies coming up that we know the plot twists for already. So, All right. so. Yeah. Friday the Thirteenth. Uh, Saw. Yeah. Oh yeah, Saw was great. And of course, Star Wars. But the earlier ones, The Empire Strikes Back, The Revelation of Darth Vader, is Luke's father. I am your father. No. Yeah. I mentioned the usual suspects, where you had the unreliable narrator. Yes. Seven. Mm, yes, 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 yes. Ooh, I got I got another good modern one. Hmm. The second highest grossing movie of all time. Titanic? Avatar. Avatar. Where he sides with the Navi. Oh, no, I mean, yeah, that's kind of a plot twist, but it's kind of more character development. True. Than an actual twist. I mean, it was building over time. True. I mean, when they moved... Or... Uh, their science station to the remote station instead of staying with the military. You knew that he was getting away from the indoctrination of the military. Right. And, you know, he became more part of Navi society. True. Okay. So, 
And then, of course, any horror movie, and, whoever the killer is, that's always... Uh, for some reason, Harper's Bazaar put Scream as number 10. I mean, come on, you could put any horror movie up there. As long as, yeah, as, long as it's a horror movie and someone dies, the killer is going to be a plot twist. Uh, let's see, Fallen, Sixth Sense, they have it number 13. Fight Club, number 14. American Psycho, number 15. Well, there you go. Memento. With the retrograde uh, and and terrograde amnesia, the others, which pretty much is the sixth sense done again in an earlier time period. Yep. Donnie Darko. Oh man, that I remember watching that the first time and not getting it, and I needed like two or three times to watch that movie before I truly understood it. <laughs> well, yeah, M Night Shyamalan. Obviously, he gets so so much success about the sixth sense. He just was like, oh, I guess I gotta do a twist in every movie. So then you had Unbreakable, which I really enjoy. I actually enjoyed all of his movies. I'm one of, I'm the weird person who has enjoyed all of his movies. They much here on Harper's Bazaar, they have the village. And yeah. I enjoyed that one greatly. I like, uh, obviously Unbreakable, I consider the, it was one of the first steps in making a really good superhero movie. Mm. Then you had Lady in the Water, wasn't great, but I enjoyed it. It had some I, good I plot twists, though. Yeah. I I tried to look at it in the way he presented it, in, in it being a children's story. Mm. And yeah, we got into it. And, and then, of course, I just, I really enjoyed, he ad- adapted the book series of Wayward Pines yes, into yes. a TV show last summer. A ten-part TV series, three book trilogy, that covered pretty much every key point of the of the novels and carry and tried to contain all the plot twists and he didn't overdo it. So it, it worked out pretty well on that one. Of course, now I hear they're doing a second season. I wonder what they're going to do with that. Mm. Well, uh, term, and you're the, speaking of, um, you spoke of a TV series. Um, yeah. One that has just come out that I'm sure some of our listeners do watch uh Shannara series. Yes. Uh, Shannara Chronicles. Shannara yeah. Chronicles. I have watched one or two episodes of it. I am, you know, I everyone, anyone who knows me will have, will know it already. I have read the books. Mm-hmm. The books are better than the TV series. Although I am happy to see that they have chosen the Shannara Chronicles, you know, the the Elfstones of Shannara, as something that they're going to write this with. Uh, I am happy to see that, even if I'm not happy with the way they're doing it. But I think it gives oh. us some opportunities for better ones in the future. Well, you always got to remember they can't keep things exactly the way they're meant to be. Like they should. <laughs> the Shining is a good book, but the movie's better because the ending of the movie is better, and that's because Kubrick can do endings. Stephen King, not so much. Well, I mean, but what's more important, the ending or the story? Yeah, because Stephen King can do the story, right? But in the case of the ending of the book is apparently the father was supposed to constantly maintain the boiler in the basement. And if he didn't maintain it properly, it would explode and destroy the entire hotel. That was actually the main purpose of them being there, was that for him to maintain it. And when he went, you know, wackadoo, he stopped maintaining it, and it caused the whole thing to explode. When Kubrick went to make the movie, he said, no, that's stupid. <laughs> and Forget that. And, of course, they remade it in the 90s with Steven Weber in the Jack Nicholson role. True. And they kept the original ending. True. And it just, it just didn't work. True. So, uh, some other examples, Harper's Bazaar here is The Prestige. Mm-hmm. And, of course, The Prestige actually put it right in the, in the movie. You have The Promise, The Twist, and The Prestige. <laughs> the full setup. Gone Baby Gone, Orphan... And Shutter Island, the last one. Oh God, one. Shutter Island! I actually still haven't seen that one yet, but I'll see it at some point. Yeah, I try not to watch psychological thrillers because well, it always ends up being. I mean, I see those ones, and it's pretty much telegraphed in the trailer. The inmates are running the asylum, right? Or, or, you know, there are just some. You got to be careful. There are some things that give away twists in the trailers very easily. Yeah. I mean, I saw an ad for the usual suspects where in the ad they showed 
the facts of the sketch of Kaiser Soze coming out. And it's, of course, Kevin Spacey spoiling the movie in the ad for the movie. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of my favorite ones, I think it was in Japan, the poster for Field of Dreams. Okay. The picture on the poster was Kevin Costner on the pitcher's mound throwing to the baseball player that's played his dad on home plate. And it's the tight as it's written on the poster, man builds baseball field, plays catch with long dead father. Yep. Like, well, way to give away the twist at the end of that movie. <laughs> this is true. Also, yeah. I mean, uh, the upcoming Star Wars versus Batman, uh, Superman versus Batman. Batman. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We, we, we all know about the, that. There's no need to see this movie anymore. Yeah. We have all seen that Batman and Superman are going to be set up by Lex Luthor. Lex Luthor mm-hmm. is going to resurrect the villain from the first Superman movie. And then Batman and Superman are going to get their butts kicked by said whatever general. Well, they're going to, they're going to try to kick each other's butts. And then yep. this guy's going to come in and try to divide them, but it's only going to unite them. And suddenly Wonder Woman. Yeah. But he's about to kill Batman and Batman gets saved by Wonder Woman. Right. There is, you know, anyone who yells at me about this, it's in the trailer. Yeah, the trailers are on YouTube. Yep. Go watch them. You know, this yep. thing is ruined for me. You know, yeah, they. they cool, I can still see because it has, you know, it, all of it hasn't been ruined for me yet. Yeah, I give them a week. Well, it's like things like you see a trailer where it's not really giving; it's giving away the ending. When you have, if you do not take any scenes from the end of a movie ever, no, and put in the trailer, no. Here's what, here's a twist that was never a twist, but they tried to make it and their own marketing department ruined it. Charlie's Angels. <laughs> the second Charlie's Angels movies. All the ads for it was Demi Moore is the bad guy. Demi Moore is the bad guy. Come see Demi Moore as the bad guy. You watch the first 45 minutes of the movie, they're trying to figure out who the bad guy is. And all the people watching it know who the bad guy is. Yeah, everyone knows. Mm-hmm. It's even in the poster. Like, they, and, and it's supposed to be a big surprise when they reveal that Demi is the bad guy. Everybody knew! Nope. <laughs> they ruined that one. Yeah. All right. <laughs> We've been talking about this for a while now. Yes, we have. And and if I did my job right, now we're kind of over to live at Virginia Comic Con where I was talking to people about their favorite plot twists. Yes. Hi, my name is Megan Lyles, and I've been attending Comic Cons for years with my husband, Kyra Lyles, who does artwork. And the best plot twist that I have read recently, because there are many that I love, was in a Barbara Hambly mystery. It was called Crimson Angel where, and I hope this doesn't give anything away, but one of the most peaceful characters in defense of his friends just all of a sudden rises up from behind a wall and kills the bad guy to save his friends. And that one blew me away. It was amazing. It was awesome. Hello, my name is Peggy Miller. Y'all can call me Zoe Zerelda. Um, My favorite plot twist is Oz the Great and Powerful, where the real Wicked Witch was revealed. Not doing any spoilers there. Um, Anyway... Uh, I like supernatural and fantasy, and I want to be a better writer and improve myself, so I can one day do some do some novels of my own. Hi, I'm Jeffrey. I'm from Midlothian, Virginia, and my favorite plot twist is on actually uh, from the Disney movie Frozen because I grew up with Disney movies, and I got so tired of you know. It's actually two pop twists. The whole thing about, Anna, you can't marry a man you just met. I'd been waiting for them to say that for years. And then the fact that the the handsome prince was actually the villain was so cool. Emily Satterwhite from Richmond, Virginia. And I'm going to have to say my favorite plot twist was when Han really wasn't in love with Anna. That was kind of a bummer. You're the second person to <laughs> Now that was great. That that was some good good feedback. Hopefully, we've got a lot of good people taking part, and hopefully, you're all listening to this now and don't feel depressed that we kept you to the very end of the episode. Anyone who listens to our voices and is depressed has something wrong with them. Yeah, we try to be 
We have the sexiest voices in the business. I'm not going to say that. (laughs) I am. (laughs) I I always try. I've always thought of it that I have a perfect voice for newspapers. (laughs) That's why I I was journalist for as long as I was. (laughs) There you go. Okay, so let's wrap this up, Paul. Anything? Any final thoughts on plot twists? When you read my book, you'll enjoy my plot twists. Okay. If you read any of my books, you enjoy my plot twists. So, I actually had a plot twist in Polk Soliloquy that ended up being a call pulled back as a dream that I decided to actually, I enjoyed it so much that when I wrote Life's Penance, it became the central plot twist of Life's Penance. Nice. That's how an idea of where I was writing the one book and I had an idea and I decided to hold it and put it in the second book. So, all right. So, find us online. We're on iTunes. We're on Stitcher Radio. We're on YouTube. Hosted by Podomatic. Home on the web media.as21.com. You can find us on Twitter at Published Podcast, Facebook.com slash Published Podcast. Email us, Published Podcast at AS21.com. You could sign up to get our email that come out every time we have a new episode on our website, as well as uh, let you know of any other happenings, such as special events or major who's a what's it's. I actually don't have guests lined up for next month just yet. I wanted to kind of see where Paul was before moving in that direction, so that's just going to have to be a surprise for next time. We like surprises around here. They're an excellent twist on the plot. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> so there's a plot twist. We don't know what's next month. <laughs> we but, find out next month, and you'll get to discover it with us. But yeah, we will have a guest next month talking about something, hopefully something to do with the book industry. So there's hopefully you'll come back and listen to us again. And it's been a interesting year. Oh, it has. And this is going to be another interesting year coming up. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, so this has been Chapter 11 of of Publish Me, all talking about plot twists. Come back next month for Chapter 12, or we'll have a guest. We'll, we'll let you know ahead of time. I don't know how much ahead of time who's going to be, but come on back. For Ace 21 Publishing, I am Keith F. Shovlin, publisher and chief creative. And as always, I'm Paul Russell, author of The Will of the Magi. Remember, everyone, where there are thoughts and ideas, there are stories. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next month. Copyright 2015, AS21 Publishing, LLC. All rights reserved. AS21 Publishing. What do you want your book to be? (laughs) Thank you.